Welcome back to our third segment of Ultra Life Today featuring Joe Tippins, his amazing journey from uh, going through MD Anderson and conventional cancer protocols to being sent home to die and then discovering a unique way to use a off-label or a repurposed drug that came from the canine or the animal world. I'm Josh Bellew. I'm Adam Payne. And Joe, we've been talking about um, your your journey. The last thing we talked about was this China connection and things. So, what what's transpired since um, since that that visit? Has anything moved forward? I followed up with him a, a few weeks ago, and he said he's still working on uh, whether the Chinese government is willing to audit some of these fifty thousand cases. Um, I and it's difficult. I don't know uh, how the Chinese government works. I. I I've had two forays in my business world into China, and I failed both times. So Interesting. I'm no, 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 not an expert on China relations. Well, we met a cu- couple of years ago, and um, uh, it, it wasn't our necessary intention at the time for you to uh, – we knew – we had done some research on your protocol, and we knew that you were had the blog, and you were, and you were doing a lot of work in, in the cancer space. It was news. It was kind of news to me that you had been recommending a, uh, a curcumin technology as ancillary to your protocol, um, and we were. Uh, and uh, so, tell us what what changed when when you met us, Joe. Well, because it um, was actually a real pleasant surprise for us that you made some well, changes. Well, a pleasant surprise for me too, because um, I'm a voracious researcher between. 2017, 18, 19, 20, um, I probably did a man year's worth of research myself. Um, Interesting. And I, like you guys, I came to the conclusion that curcumin could be a wonder drug. Uh, The problem is is absorption. And so um, I found a product out there that was... uh, Way better than anything on the. Yeah, it was the an elegant technology for yeah, sure. It, it was good technology. It, it increased absorption from like two percent to fifteen percent. And then I, I was introduced to you guys and found out you take that up above eighty, and I'm going, whoa, this is crazy. So um, I, I really believe curcumin is a is a super drug, uh, but you got to have it absorb into your bloodstream for it to work. And you guys' technology to make that absorbable was just a natural fit for me. And, you know, uh, I, I changed the entire protocol. I used to have vitamin E in the poor protocol. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Why did you decide to take it, it out? It's not bad, and, okay. it, and it can help, and so a lot of people still do it. But when, you st- when you, your audience becomes hundreds of thousands, and they're all unsophisticated, there's just a few areas where vitamin E should not be done. Right. Okay. There, are some, and, there are some interactions. There are and some you're, interactions. You're, you're, you're erring to the side of caution right. to not recommend something that I don't might want to cause harm. I don't want to recommend sure. something broadly if there's areas where it shouldn't be done. And so I eliminated right. just out of simplicity. Sure. And at that point, it was just uh, CBD, and, uh, and which is a whole other journey, and uh, curcumin. Um, you were also taking something called Avamar at the yeah, time. Yeah, I was doing Avamar. It's not part of my protocol, but it I, I think it helps. A fermented it, wheat germ extract out yeah, of Europe? Yeah. Right? Out yeah, of Germany, uh, okay. yeah. A scientist in Germany has really proven that, that fermented wheat germ can, can be very beneficial. So It's a very – It's a, we've actually tried to bring the Avamar in. 
to um, to be able to resell it, and they're it's been very hard to uh, yeah, well, get it's a very and it's and it's a very expensive project project it, as it, well. It, it's an yeah. expensive process, right? So, so what what is the what is let's let's call what what is your classic protocol now, Joe? What what do you recommend? Well, because to take? of meeting you guys, I I'm basically my protocol is uh, 222 milligrams, one gram of powder of uh, finbendazole per so, day. So just, Fa- just found under clear. the name Safeguard and Panicure C, correct? Yeah, there's right. two, there's two brands, two made, different boxes, made, made two, by Merck though, right? At both ends, yes. identical products, right. Just with two different brands. Okay. Um, now there's because of me and and my widespread story. There's quite a few entrepreneurial charlatans who have spun up competing finbendazole products. They're they're marketing it illegally. It it, it happens every time. They are not in. They're not made in uh, CGMP manufacturing facilities. They're in chi- made in China and Eastern Europe, and I just don't think they're safe. Yeah, I, 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 w- I would like to echo what Joe said because having been a part of a company that had counterfeit products made over 20 years ago, Joe, that looked just like the product we were selling, but they were not when you tested them. It's not yeah. what it was. So I, I love what Joe is saying here. You know, there's going to be a lot of sources on the Internet to find what people are calling repurposed, re, uh, repurposed drugs, so to speak, from different types of pharmacies. If you don't know the source, I would be very, very concerned. We would cautiously recommend not to do that. Go go with the standard source. You need to do your diligence, right? And um, I think your caution is is merited. It is. I I know that you've you've made some companies pretty angry that are saying that their sources are are high quality. Yeah, they're very angry. And, in fact, in one case, they just literally uh, promised 99.9% purity. And and when we had it tested, it wasn't even close. Oh, really? So I mean, well, good for you for doing the test. Yeah, I, that's really I don't, great. I don't. I believe in a company the size of Merck. You know, and I believe their their products made that in safe sense. facilities. They're making it. I mean, the 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 safeguard, which is made for cattle and goats and stuff like that, is uh, every animal in the animal kingdom. Right. right. It's made in a pharmaceutical facility for animals, yeah. and the Panicker is made in a pharmaceutical facility for dogs. It's still. So it's the quality there that that is yeah that is uh, quality promise. control is what you're worried about yeah it makes sense right and, and so I'm going to ask a quick question to Adam because Joe this happens all the time as you know because you've been very gracious and you came and met with us about an hour or two every month for about 13 months it seemed like mm-hmm. and you learned more about us learned about our connections with Oklahoma Medical Research with University of Oklahoma Health Sciences but then. Every The big CBD revolution happened about five years Sorry. ago, and so people walk in and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm taking CBD. It didn't do anything for me. Somebody else, oh, I'm taking CBD, and it worked for me. But, Adam, let's explain the difference between CBD and what you and the research team came up with because well, frequently people are saying, oh, I'm just going to buy an, a $15 bottle of CBD off the shelf. Yeah. So this I, this I is an to... entirely different animal. So right, I entirely. need to I need to wind the clock to a couple of years before I even met you, Joe. So right. we we had um, we were interested in I was interested in the connection of cannabinoids to health in regards to cancer before we even met Joe. We have, we brought in a researcher, a guy named H. K. Lynn, who is like the grandfather of Frankincense tenured research. professor from tenured University professor, of Oklahoma. Hundreds of, liter- yeah. of published pa- uh, papers on frankincense on the connection of frankincense and cancer in a variety of different uh, cancers and situations. 
he's um, an amazing man, lovely, a lovely individual. He just retired from the University of Oklahoma when the cannabinoid revolution was starting in Oklahoma and everywhere. We we had a um, we we have a medical marijuana activist that's been on our that was on our board for a little while, a guy named uh, Ross Ainsworth, who had been treating people underground with medicine. I, I'm doing the finger quotes here. Yep, <laughs> that's what he uh, calls it. Um, it was the uh, if you've heard of this, what he calls Rick Simpson oil, yeah, which is a pentane or hexane raw extract of marijuana. And and this is this has been in the just as much as you know the Joe Tippins protocols has been out there. Rick Simpson oil's been equally beginning a lot of airtime as a as a miracle treatment for cancer. And people have been taking gram quantities of THC um, extracts of of marijuana as a treatment for uh, for cancer. So this is where this is where the this is where the conundrum happened in my head. He would come to me almost every board meeting, Joe, and say, I treated this guy with this cancer, and their cancers disappeared. And then some other people that wouldn't disappear. And so I was seeing all these variability yeah. out there, and I was thinking to myself, there, there must be something that people are not controlling the process. It's not a pharmaceutical process what people are doing. They're just taking some hemp or some marijuana, they're extracting it, and they're not controlling for the quality, the temperature, the the time, the cultivar, all of these variables. And isn't, that, isn't RSO one to one THC to CBD? Yeah. Oh, it, oh it's, it's it can uh, it's, it's so it's, variable. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Wait. There's. I mean, that that's just that's a that's a random standard that people are are adding to it, and there's no control over whether it's uh, decarbed. In other words, the acidic forms or the non-acidic forms. There's no control over the whether which fractions of the terpenes are in there, and all these other variables. So we brought in Dr. Lin, H.K. Lin from the University of Oklahoma, and his primary task here for three years was let's figure out what is wor- what is actually happening with cannabinoids and cancer. Yeah. Let's do a let's look at a variety of different uh, plants. And let's look at a variety of different extraction methods. Let's look at the terpenes. Let's look at THC. Let's look at the acidic forms versus the non-acidic forms and all of these different ranges of extractions and conditions. And were you looking also for broad activity across a variety of cancers? Yeah, we were looking at a variety of cancers and in a variety of conditions. And so we we peeled back the onion. So it, it was at this time that a, a connection was made between the addiction doctors and marijuana and what, and what they were figuring out what was happening with uh, the endocannabinoid system. Because at this t- up, up to just, I think, two years ago, we had zero understanding of what the endocannabinoid system was doing in the body. Yeah. You know, everybody's talking about, well, They'd say, well, do you know that the CB1 receptors are in the central nervous system? That's the THC receptors. And CB2 receptors, which are all the CBD receptors, are all in the immune system and in in the organs of the body. But you know what? They have no idea what those receptors do. Except, you know, the CB1 receptors get you high, right? And the CB2 and so we're receptor. about a minute and a half away from break. Okay, well, I, th- I think so we'll we come can, back to yeah, after we can this. Come back. But it, it, so the, uh, these broad questions were out there. The addiction doctors, I think, really opened up the door for us 
because they they saw this phenomenon happening with adolescents that were chronic marijuana users. Mm. They saw that in a teen, if teens started to smoke marijuana chronically, their brains wouldn't develop into an adult form. Their white matter in the brain would stay white matter and not turn into gray matter. And so what this points to is that there is an epigenetic effect on the endocannabinoid system. In other words, the endocannabinoid system is a life cycle uh, interface in the body. It tells the cells when to mature from one phase right. to another phase. And so we'll, we, can, we'll, we can look yeah, at the, so, the impacts of this after we come yeah, back. Yeah, so you've been brain. listening to Adam Payne discussing cannabinoids, terpenes, all things that some people call CBD. We call full-spectrum hemp. You've been listening to Joe Tippins tell his amazing story. I'm Josh Bell. You will be back right after this for the fourth segment, so stay tuned. Our mission is to take nature's most beloved botanicals and enhance them with our liquid protein scaffold technology. This helps it reach your cells faster and better. With exponentially enhanced bioavailability, you'll feel better every day. Ultra Botanica, the feel-good curcumin. Get yours today at ultratoday.com. Welcome back to segment four of Ultra Life Today. Uh, we've been having an incredible time and interview with our friend Joe Tippins and his amazing story about his journey from basically being sent home to die, calling hospice with the type of extreme cancer that he had, to turning that around through some simple and interesting organic relationships that took place for him. We kind of call those God moments around here and ending up being no evidence disease now for many, many years. Uh, I'm Josh Bellew. I'm Adam Payne. And um, I was, and we got Joe Tippins here. Yay, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Joe, we really appreciate you coming and no, spending welcome. some time with us. Um, so uh, I was talking about this endocannabinoid um, uh, effect. So we, we saw, uh, so the hypothesis is, is that what is happening with the cannabinoids in cancer is that it's actually uh, causing an epigenetic shift in the cancer cells. What is epigenetics? Epigenetics is essentially, it's telling the DNA which parts of the DNA to, to express at a particular right. time. So the, you think about the DNAs wrapped around these spools called histones. So it's like a good drill sergeant, right? It's basically saying, do this now, turn right now, do this, do that, do this. Right. Well, it's telling the DNA which parts of the DNA to actually show to the, to the nucleus. And it does that by changing the methylation state of those histones. It changes the geometry. So what happens if, a cancer, if you have the genes that are telling a cancer cell to be cancerous, if you change those genes that are being expressed, right. what can happen to the cancer cell? It's a different message. It turns it? to a normal, healthy cell all of a sudden. Right. That doesn't happen with all cells, but it can happen with these cancerous cells. In fact, epigenetic changes in cells is one of the primary directions of a lot of cancer research these right. days. And so, we've, um, so we have a theory, and we're testing this theory at the University of Oklahoma. We can actually look at the uh, the methylation states uh, or the epigenetic changes that happen with cannabinoids and and cancer cells and we have ongoing research the evidence is all there that cannabinoids affect epigenetic changes and what we found out Joe is that it's not it's the it's the acidic forms of the cannabinoids that have the primary effect 
the decarboxylated forms, the what, what people call the psychoactive forms, are the ones that have the least effect right. on, on these cells. And so our research showed a bunch of things. One, we have specific plant varieties that we use. We also have specific extraction methods that we use. We use a, a cryogenic extraction method right. that, we, that we control at our facility. And then we also know that it's the non-decarb forms, it's the acidic forms of the cannabinoids right. that actually have the primary effect. So for our listeners, you're, you're going to want to be able to connect more with Joe's message and individuals that have been influenced by what he said. MyCancerStory.rocks, that's M-Y-C-A-N-C-E-R, story, and then the period, R-O-C-K-S, MyCancerStory.rocks. You can find out about that. You can ultimately ask for permission to Joe's Facebook page as well. Um, you know, Joe, you've had these interesting uh, serendipitous things happen. You've met some very high-powered individuals in the medical world, kind of worldwide, You've developed some relationships with a friend out at Emory University, I believe, and his wife. And then this University of Washington, Seattle connection that you're aware of now. Also is, the commissioner of the FDA. <laughs> well, yeah, his, yeah. his former He's doctor. He's no longer commissioner, yeah, his but former yeah, doctor. He still has some, so, some clout there. So do you, and I've got a, I've got a loaded question to ask you, Uh-oh. and you kind of alluded to it earlier. But do you believe research is ultimately going to be done? And then it is ultimately going to prove certain things that a lot of us have believed about FinBen for years based on the anecdotes that we've seen. That's really difficult to answer uh, because know, of this economic issue, and it's all about money. Right. Uh, who's going right. to do that research uh, to have a generic competition? Well, you have, you have a you have a strong right. argument that the U.S. government should do that. I believe with all of my heart that the United States government should do that clinical trial just based on the cancer expenditures for Medicare patients alone. That makes sense. Yeah, I think they would have a, a multiple payback on that investment. For 29 cents a day, you can get a dose of finbendazole. Yeah, yeah. So, so leaning toward this idea that because it's to do the right thing for shareholders within any organization, such as a drug company, they have these unique um, profit goals that they have to look at, um, you're going to keep talking to people about your story forever. Yeah. You've made this incredible... I mean, Joe, I was walking into stores and medical establishments all over Oklahoma City a little about four years ago. And I think you had had your first interview on a local TV or radio station yeah, at the KOC time. KOC t- Channel 5. That's right. Yeah. Everybody was talking about that. Really? And so I followed that story for such a long time. And it just it, the thing that, that is exciting to me is somehow the truth has gotten out. And you must have some real personal satisfaction knowing you've helped so many people. Because, Joe, I've got people in my phone that said, because of what Joe did, and I've probably got 70 of them, and probably 40 of them are no evidence of disease like you. They've said, because of what Joe did, Josh, you can give my phone number to anybody. I want to pay it forward. I will tell this story to anybody that will yeah, listen. Yeah, that's it. That's cool. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. It's... If I didn't live this story, I wouldn't believe it. I right. Mean, you know, uh, and I don't know the failures. I don't know the denominator. I mean, so all I know is that we're we're well over a thousand success cases other than me right now, which it's is some really pretty amazing. challenging form. And uh, you know, I don't make money off of this. I spend a lot of time on it pro bono. Um, 
But I'll give you an example of why it makes it all worth it. I was in a uh, Irish pub in Zurich, Switzerland, uh, just two months ago, and a but because of podcasts like this, people actually now see my face. <laughs> and um, not, I'm not some uh, anonymous guy out there, right? And this uh, 25-year-old female bartender said, "Are you Joe Tippins?" And I said, "Well, yeah." <laughs> Why? Wow! <laughs> and in she Zurich, got, in Zurich, Switzerland, she got up on a chair and told the entire bar to shut up. The bar got quiet, and then she said, "This oh man, my this man saved my mother's life." Wow! You get a you get a statement like that. That's all the compensation you need, really. Wow! Uh, you know, no and kidding. Thirty minutes later, mom walks in with a cell phone for selfies and hugs. And, and oh, that's accessory. that's amazing. The next week, the exact same thing happened in a hotel bar in London. Wow, Joe. This was Zurich, Switzerland, and London, England, and, you know, you go, well, this is cool, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than, than that, the, the connection with the community of people, and the, the, there's nothing like that, Joe. Yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful that we've had an ability to, uh, to work with you, to make products that have come alongside and are helping people. We yeah. hope that they're helping people. Yeah. Well, it's, after it's a, a privilege, after yeah. after a full year of due diligence, I, I was skeptical of you guys too, right? Really? <laughs> <laughs> after a full year of due diligence, I made the decision to completely change my protocol to not only Finbin but your uncle one, two, and three, and I I, I believe it's got the potential to be a game changer. Well, we're 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 we're, we're standing behind what we make. Mm-hmm. And we're and we're not just standing still on it because we are uh, we're testing everything that we that we're doing. We're working. We have active collaborations with the University of Oklahoma, Oklahoma Medical Research Foundation, and we're broadening the the application of what we're working on with more products. So you know, there's uh, we have something called Pathway Four coming up mm-hmm. soon, which is a combination of fisetin, EGCG, which you've which you've uh, done some research about, has powerful anti-cancer um, potential. But guess what? EGCG doesn't absorb into the body. Difficult to absorb. <laughs> need your technology. We need our technology. Fisetin right. doesn't absorb in the body. Right. Guess what? Resveratrol doesn't. doesn't absorb in the body. Needs right. our technology. So we have all of these really powerful polyphenolic compounds that we're going to um, get in. We're... we're um, we're hopefully we we uh, put in we uh, some of our current research to the Society of Integrative Oncology. They're doing a conference in September of this year, and we're going to be coming out with some of our products. And we're networking with oncologists, right. integrative oncologists from all over the world. We're committed to furthering the research of what we're doing and to um, helping people to understand the clinical power of what you started, Joe. Yeah, it would be so nice for this to actually be something that moves more toward mainstream, and we hope it does. Your idea about working with the government on that is brilliant. I think it's going to take a lot of people praying to make that one move forward, but but I love it. All it takes is a a senator to put forward a bill saying, you know, that we need to fund the, you know, the fenbendazole research for cancer, and the FDA just needs to, then they would have the money to fund the a, research. The trial. It just needs a, a double-blind study trial. Do, do you know a, a senator that we could get to, to, to sponsor I've, this? I'm, I'm working on that, uh, starting with our local 
And, and I would say if you're moving to a federal level, someone that has been very predisposed, especially during the COVID thing, Senator Ron Johnson. He's a heck of a guy. So if you can connect with Ron Johnson, you may be able to move some things. Right. He's a neat guy. Joe, something that I've seen over and over, you know, you go to uh, you go to your mycancerstory.rocks blog. Right at the top, it says, get busy living. You have something that's a mantra. Now, I've unfortunately experienced an own loss in my family over the last year related to cancer and they were only with a conventional medical paradigm but I did see with her and also with so many people I've interacted with on the phone attitude is a really significant aspect could you touch on that a little bit because I'm sure you've seen attitude make all the difference in the world for actually uh, uh, it's so powerful I'm not certain that at least 50% of my success story wasn't because of my positive thinking okay the day I was told to go home and die I can't explain why it's just how I'm wired I was a hundred percent positive I would figure out a way to kick it Wow now I didn't find out about Bruce Lipton until after I was NED but there's a scientist at Stanford Bruce Lipton, and he's written a book called The Biology of Belief, but more importantly, he has uh, YouTube uh, videos out there all the way to two and a half hours long, which is the one I recommend. And um, he is the first scientist to literally connect the dots between positive thinking and what it does to you at the cellular level. Yeah. That's beautiful. There's no question about it. It's absolutely black and white science now. And and so uh, positive thinking is uh, so powerful, even in cancer. It, it is, you know, and, and of course, Adam, we won't get into this, but Adam, having been a guy involved heavily in clinical research over the years of bringing drugs to market, understands the placebo effect in a profound way. And well, so that tags in, too, so there was with a, about a minute left. There was a Japanese study that actually showed that cytokines, cytokines are the molecules that signal between cells, and happy people with a happy outlook mm-hmm. actually are different. So p- happy people have less inflammation yeah. than And the, than and the inverse, uh, negative Nellies have a negative impact. Yeah, it can yeah. actually really d- bring down the immune right. system and all sorts right. of things. Yeah, well... We're probably going to have to have Joe Tippins back because I think he's always learning new things. He always brings some amazing stories to us here at Ultra Life today. We love the fact that he's a friend, that he's local to Oklahoma City. MyCancerStory.rocks is the blog you want to go to. You want to share that with friends. Ultimately, you can find your way to this Ultra Life Today link through Ultra Botanica, our website, ultratoday.com. Um, Gosh, is there any final thing you want to say, Joe? I've just been blown away, as always, to no, see how just, you're just kind of navigating through life and new things are happening. Right. Well, I've, I've got a full-time job, more than a full-time job, and, <laughs> and I do this in my spare time. So I just want to thank you for having me. Man, it's well, wonderful. And just Adam, my, en- my endless serious gratitude to you, Joe, yeah, for, for, for uh, coming and working with us. Um, I, am, I, I can't describe how much... Uh, amazing faith and happiness we have just to be able to work with the people that that are trying to follow your protocol and do our best to try to help them. This is indeed Ultra Life Today. I'm Josh Bellew. Adam Payne is on the end, and we've been interviewing Joe Tippins. Join us again next week for another cutting-edge interview, Ultra Life Today. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.